Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film, and this year's podcast media partner for the Dead Center 2022 Film Festival. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and today we are taking a stroll right down memory lane to learn a little more about one of my favorite programs growing up, The Reading Rainbow, as well as some of the talent there at LeVar Burton. So that's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be interviewing uh, two of the filmmakers behind the brand new documentary about LeVar Burton and The Reading Rainbow. Butterfly in the Sky. Uh, we're going to start with a quick word about what inspired the film before going a little further into what makes this film unique and special. And then we'll close out the conversation by talking just a little bit about how you can watch uh, the documentary at this year's Dead Center Film Festival and even beyond. Butterfly in the sky I can go twice as high Take a look it's in a book, a reading rainbow. I can go anywhere. Friends to know and ways to grow, a reading rainbow. So really quickly, for those of you listeners who are maybe not familiar with the documentary, according to Dead Center's website, Butterfly in the Sky tells the story of the beloved PBS children's series, Reading Rainbow, its iconic host, LeVar Burton, and the challenges its creators faced in cultivating a love of reading through television. And joining me today are the co-directors of the film, Brett Whitcomb and Bradford Thomason, the co-directors of the film. Welcome, Bradford and Brett. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Doing great. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. I'm really looking forward to talking with you more about the film. Uh, now, listeners, before we get too far in today's conversation, I just wanted to quickly note that if you are listening to the show today and you're enjoying this conversation or any of the Dead Center 2022 uh, film festival coverage, um, please make sure to subscribe to the show so that you can get all of the new episodes that we have coming out over the next couple of weeks covering um, you know, so many of the, the films playing at this year's film festival. Uh, but without further ado, I just really want to dive into this conversation uh, with Bradford and Brett. I'll kick things off. Um, and I'd love to hear each of your perspective on this. What would you say is, is sort of like the key inspiration for the film? You know, we, we have a tendency to make films that are inspired by things from our childhood. Um, you know, pretty much every documentary we made uh, comes from some aspect of our childhood that stuck with us as adults and, you know, sparked a curiosity as to you know, what became of that thing and, and mostly what became of the people who were a part of uh, that thing. Um, and this uh, is no different. I mean, you know, we both watched Reading Rainbow growing up. Um, we had different experiences with it, but it was a very important show to us. And, uh, you know, one day, about a year and a half ago, Brett came to me and said, hey, you know, has anyone done a documentary about Reading Rainbow? And I was like, oh, I don't think so. And so we started researching and kind of revisiting those feelings of watching it as young people and just jumped right in. Brett, how about you? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think I'm probably running away from my, of getting older, you know, maybe more than Brad, but like, I'm, I'm just, we're just chasing things that like shaped us, you know, as human beings from our childhood, things that like meant thing, meant stuff to us. And whether it's, you know, animatronic robots or wrestling, um, or, or malls and reading rainbow fits within that in our subconscious. And, you know, I grew up in a super small town where we weren't traveling a lot. Uh, I didn't, we didn't go anywhere. So when, when, when I put on reading rainbow, it was like, uh, opened up my world and I saw different places that I w otherwise would have never seen. And, um, documentary footage, 
that I'd never experienced before. Um, so for me, it was probably like the first time I ever saw handheld camera work out in the field, just kind of run and gun. And I think that, you know, stuck with both of us. Where do you even start? It's such a like a, such a, a program that was so close to, to many of the, the elder millennials, or maybe even um, maybe you could say uh, younger Gen Xers. I mean, really inspired people to go out and read and and, and show people the, the the possibility of imagination. Like, but where did you start? You know, it's such a big thing to tackle. Bradford, anything you want to say about that? We started with Lavar Burton. I mean, honestly, because we. I mean, I think that's he's he's most people's entry point into the show. He's among the things people remember the most. Uh, along with the theme song and, of course, a handful of, of, of really special children's books. But he, um, you know, we knew that we couldn't make the film without him being a part of it. We knew that there's no Reading Rainbow documentary without LeVar Burton. So we reached out um, and, you know, showed him our work and, and you know, made a pitch deck uh, kind of presenting the film we wanted to make and how it would look. And, you know, he saw what we did, saw what we had done and said, you know, we feel I, I feel like y'all are the right people to make this film. Um, and, you know, sort of concurrent to that, you know, we reached out to the creator, Twyla Liggett, and the the producer and, and director, uh, Larry Lancet and Cecily Lancet, and they, everyone was just on board to tell the story. So we, we felt like we needed to get the key people um, first, and then I think get their stories and really sort of uncover all the passion they had for making the show. And once we started to get that, you know we started reaching out to other people who made it and then the kids who, who did the book reviews and kids and people who were inspired by it growing up. And we just had this really great collection of passionate people who made it and people who were inspired by it. And, you know, we let their stories tell, you know, tell our story. Brett, anything you might add to that? I mean, no, he, that's exactly what happened. And I think just LeVar saying that we were the right people to make the film gave us the confidence and the energy to like explore you know, like really dive into the film. It like gave us permission to do it almost. And so it was like, you know, he, he was the, the face of my childhood for this show. So to, to, to be even talking to him on the phone was completely insane. Dream come true, right? Like it's like speaking to like a, like a movie star. Absolutely. Brett, something you were saying a moment ago, just about how, you know, growing up in a small town, you know, you were, you feel, felt like through the reading rainbow, you were able to experience a lot more. It really reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from uh, the a seri- a Song of Ice and Fire series from George R. R. Martin. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm probably going to butcher it and fans are going to hate me, but it's something to the effect of the man who doesn't read lives only one life, but the, the man who reads books uh, lives thousands of lives, something to that effect. I couldn't help but think about that quote when you were talking about, hey, I grew up in a small town. I didn't have a lot of opportunities to become exposed to things. Um, so with, sort of with that in mind, I mean, why would you say that, uh, you know, reading and, and uh, literacy, whether that's actual reading book literacy or media literacy are more important uh, today than they have been in years past? I just think it it opens your world to to new things and it and it allows your when you're reading you know i'm it's so weird because i'm like compelled to quote the movie because everyone in the movie has said good things about this so i think it's ed um ed who said in the film that it it you your mind fills in the blanks when you're when you're reading a book so it allows you to use your imagination and 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 i think um reading rainbow the way that it used television to promote books. So when the show was over, you wanted to like Brad, a big thing for Brad 
was the the um what was it brad at school like they came yeah the book fair it like like turns you on to like go get these books and read them over and over and i think it's like you're reading them with a community and your family and you're reading them over and over and so i think that the show was unique in that it 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 for me, it showed me new places that I otherwise would have never seen living in a small town and not traveling a lot. And at the same time, it encouraged me to read, which honestly, I didn't get encouraged to read a lot. Um, and um, so for me, it was like a, a double whammy. Brad, anything you want to say uh, related to that? Uh, sort of like sort of the, the importance of media literacy and how that program really helped cultivate it? Yeah, I mean, I think that we, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of our film a little bit, but it's, you know, I think the fear is that television is counter to reading, um, you know, and that if you're, if you're trying to get kids to read by watching television, you're undercutting the, the mission because you're, um, they're sitting in front of a television and not sitting in front of a book. But, you know, I think we discovered really, people discovered really quickly that, that, that television was just a tool, you know, to kind of put books into kids hands and i don't know that um now now screens are just i mean we were that people were worried about television and now i mean there are just screens everywhere and you know everyone's looking at a screen all day long every day and of course people read on those screens too which i think you know sort of makes it complicated but i don't know i think that the act of and brett to, you know to echo what brett said i think the act of sort of reading and using your own imagination to fill in the visual gaps and not necessarily having that put in front of the, the on the TV in front of you or on the uh, iPad in front of you or whatever, uh, where you're just kind of turning your brain off and, you know, your eyes are just going back and forth when you're reading, you know, you're building the story in your mind. And I think that's, that encourages so many things. It encourages creativity. It encourages like a broader perspective on the world. It it, it requires you to put yourself in the character's shoes. I think um, when you're reading in a way that you don't necessarily, when you're watching television or, or or watching streaming uh, content or whatever. So, I think it's definitely necessary for kids to read uh, more than ever. Awesome. No, I, I think that hits the, the nail on the head. And again, just loving that we're able to sort of um, immortalize exactly what the reading rainbow meant um, to, you know, a certain generation and trying to pass that that along. Um, it's really inspiring. Um, I wanted to circle back on, of course, uh, LeVar Burton. You guys have both mentioned him. I mean, what an icon. So I have to ask, I mean, what was it like working with him through the process on this uh, film? And uh, Brad, I'll start with you on this one. I mean, you know, after that call, when when we talked to him on the phone, which was surreal, I mean, you know, speaking to LeVar Burton, the minute we heard his voice, we were both, I mean, I think we both went silent for a minute because we had to fully process that. Um, and then, of course, after sort of getting his blessing to to, to tell the story, um, you know, we, we went about kind of developing and crafting our film. And then we did an interview with him for the film. And it was a, it was a lengthy interview. It was, I mean, it was the biggest interview uh, time-wise and in terms of like preparation and things, I think that we did for the entire film. And he, uh, working with him that day was incredible. I mean, he was very generous with his time. Um, you know, he was very engaged in what we were talking about. And he seemed very committed to, uh, you know, giving us, what we were looking for with, with our questions, you know, and not, not pandering to our questions, but, you know, giving thoughtful, smart, funny answers that, you know, that made for good documentary. And, uh, we never felt like he didn't want to be there. And that's a huge deal. You know, we interview, we've interviewed a lot of people over the years and, you know, he was just, his answers are all great. And we have so many that we couldn't use, you know, so it was just great working with him. Brett, anything to add? 
Well, yeah, we we rented out the L.A. Public Library, and to have him, you know, to have that entire library and to just be bringing equipment in to those, uh, you know, elevators that are God knows how old, and just the experience uh, of walking through that quiet library and just, you know, and then LeVar coming in and and sitting down, and like Brad said, he was just so generous with his time, and I think a lot of the questions he hadn't thought about in a long time. And I think so the question, he really enjoyed the interview and it was really long. It took, you know, the whole day with breaks and, and I think it opened up things that he hadn't thought about. And so um, it was hard to choose, you know, what to put in the film because, because of, of every, of a lot of the topics that we covered and we only have an hour and a half or so in the film. And so it was probably, you know, for at least from, for me, one of the most enjoyable and just kind of, you know, I, I'm like, I like cried, you know, like, like several times looking at a monitor and listening to the way he would and his answers to certain questions and, and Brad was interviewing him. So it was a, it was an experience, I, you know, I don't think we'll forget. I'm, I'm super excited for uh, our listeners today to have the opportunity to check out the film. And just one more question before we start to wind down here. I mean, documentary filmmaking is a lot different uh, than other style, forms of filmmaking, for sure. So I, I'd love to hear, I mean, were there any uh, unique themes or ideas or surprises that came up either, you know, when you were filming or when you were editing to, to sort of finalize the film that maybe you weren't expecting? I mean, I think we tried to have a pretty good handle on the story we wanted to tell going in. And I, and I do think that the story um, we ultimately told um, is uh, the one we set out to tell. But I think that, you know, it was just a discovery of like even a deeper passion and love uh, for for making the show than we anticipated. And I know, you know, people work on a, a television series for so long, you know, they they're going to have these feelings and, you know, we, we have people in our film get really emotional when reflecting on their time. And I'm not sure we were fully prepared for just how emotional, um, people would get, uh, you know, reflecting on, on that time. Um, and you know, just the, just the sort of collective love. I mean, we knew there were a lot of teachers that who were a part of it, but it seemed like everyone we interviewed, like it's not everyone, but so many of the, of the, of the people we interviewed had a background in teaching. And that was kind of a, you know, a revelation and, and something we wanted to make sure to touch on as we uh, started to put the film together. And, you know, I, I don't know, it just, it just ended up really feeling like, um, like just an amazing group of people who made this happen. And, and you sort of really understand why it's just not a fluke that it was such an amazing thing for so long, you know, Brett, anything to add? I think just quickly, like, Brad and I make these films and, you know, we're directing on set together. We're coming up with ideas together. Um, Brian Storkel was a massive part of this film of coming up with ideas. And we kind of think we know what kind of film we're making with interviews and archives. And we have films that we are inspired by that we're kind of using as, as, as kind of like, you know, guidelines, but also trying to make something new. But I think I was always surprised when Brad would send me something and try something new in an edit and just blow me away like with with some of you know with just taking so many endless hours of these interviews and this archive footage that that spans 26 years and crafting it into this story so i think you know the editing in this is like it really shines and and um super proud of what brad's done well thank thank you yeah 26 years <laughs> that's awesome 
Well, fantastic. Uh, again, we're going to start to wind down here. I just wanted to call out really quickly for uh, those uh, of our listeners here in Oklahoma who are considering watching this at Dead Center. So if you are attending Dead Center and you want to catch Butterfly in the Sky at the festival, uh, it is the closing headliner film for us, and it'll be playing Sunday, June 12th at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time at Harkins Bricktown. Uh, however, I know that this is a very busy weekend for you guys, and there's probably other places that this is playing. Um, so if you could just tell listeners where else can they expect to get to uh, maybe some of our listeners who are not local to Oklahoma, where else can they uh, find the film or watch it when it comes out? Well, it's premiering at, at Tribeca on the 9th of June. So, and it'll, it'll be in New York, you know, starting the 9th uh, for a few screenings after, I believe there's a screening on the 9th, on the 10th and on the 17th. And then, you know, obviously what you said about dead center, um, there'll be festivals uh, after that. I think it's playing at Oak Cliff in Dallas, I believe on the 20. I got to look at my calendar here, but um, Oak Cliff Film Festival, which we love very much, it's uh, it's playing there on the 23rd. Is that right, Brad? Yeah, it's the 23rd, and my mom will be there if anyone wants to meet my mom. Yeah, we're from we're from Houston, Texas, originally, so the closest that's about as close as we can get, uh, and that's a great festival. But yeah, and then you know there'll be others down the line for sure. Um, we think in terms of where it'll wind up, we don't know yet, so we'll uh, you know check back with us on that. That leads me to my next question. Uh, is there anywhere online, whether it's your website, is there like a website or social media channels people can check out for more news on the film? Yeah, for sure. Um, they can check out the, uh, I think the best way would be Instagram and it's butterfly in the sky doc. Excellent. Well, listeners, check it out. If, it, if you know, if you can't attend Dead Center or Tribeca, uh, make sure to follow that account so you can find out uh, when it'll be playing somewhere near you. Brett, Brad, thank you guys so much for your time today. Congratulations on the film's release, uh, try you have a you, double weekend booked here. I mean, you've got Oklahoma City and New York. Uh, congratulations. This is going to be a big weekend. I'm super excited uh, for you guys to show your amazing documentary uh, for audiences. Yeah, thank you. We just want and we just want to say thank you to Dead Center for programming the film. And, you know, I mean, making it closing night is just, you know, such an honor. We can't I mean, we can't even uh, it's 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 amazing. And, you know, we, we really hope that people enjoy uh, the screening. So thank you to Dead Center. Absolutely. Thank you. And listeners, again, um, if you want to find out more information, whether it's about Butterfly in the Sky or any of the other films playing at this year's festival, you can head on over to deadcenterfilm.org. And there's also some more information about the badge opportunities, or uh, you could even purchase an individual ticket to see the film. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And we'll catch you again next time. 